Greetings. Welcome to our podcast. We are talking about the wind. We have been reflecting about the wind. And as I have said before, the chaos starts to make sense within our classes or within the website. And we're channeling it through our online public meetings. So you can see the site we have for wind. It's already up, but it will be updating and changing as we go. And a part of what we are doing is both talking about the history, the reality now, and visioning. And reality in terms of what are the opportunities to change reality if we want to. For those of us who may be looking for income, shifting in terms of how we work, cooperating more. That's that's the reality segment that we are dealing with through the online public meeting. So you will see that we have a forum where you can share your experiences, your understanding of win. And understand as well that, you know, although we are in a way doing we're understanding our history. It is, it is both for the sake of reflecting on what we learn and also for practical reasons which benefit directly you who share your experience. You know, we're going away from this idea that we just glean information. What do you think? What do you do? Let's, you know, all of that. And then people go along with experiences, ideas, and intelligence, basically, and then you never hear back about it. The way we're doing this and asking about history is very, very relevant. And uh, and it's also a part of, you know, you. if you would have heard some of like, my descriptions of my other research, it, it's always been about the public, your general public, participating in our own environmental decisions and our decisions about land resources. And... Um, you know, part of my my work was, this is grad school. I mean, these things may seem basic or essential for some, but, you know, before you start to do anything in a project, in a place, you really got to understand what has happened before. And you have to understand how the place is viewed from people who are not from the place are also online is critical and so for those reasons in terms of the view of someone who is not living in the place but who's trained in science um particularly social science you know history is a social science uh this is why i've asked dr gabriella Ito preservation to give her views based on her, her experiences visiting and her her training. And before that, we have approached a few historians. And you know, I have pieced together what I have I have seen and documented, both like in newspapers, but also, you know, when you see programs on local TV about wind, you know, from various historians and various perspectives, we have that documented uh, but I have asked some local historians directly about interviews 
and particularly we're trying to reach the mighty Gabby as well, the Calypsonian elder, our elder, but certainly, you know, we appreciate his experience, his songwriting and his how he has worked. He has a song called Wind Force. I've mentioned before in other podcasts and I mentioned in other places. Um, which in reflection to it could have so many different meanings. He also has a book which we're trying to get as well so we could review, you know, what is said in there, his perspective. It would be important for us to get that before we get the interview with him, right? So, uh, yeah, we are hoping to speak with him about the times. So, you know, we're making grounds in terms of some of the traditional channels of understanding the history of when, but, but I should say it's also traditional, not non-traditional, but the just being open to hearing that there are parts of these stories that we don't know and to share the opportunity for others to give their feedback, their history, their experiences, and then their expertise. So reality too is that understanding when data, something we may do, we may have an understanding of based on going through storms, flying kites, you know, I've said this, uh, but, and even generations of people who are part of building windmills, you know, but how we basically can see that intelligence become something that benefits and addresses some of our necessities now means that we have to connect what has happened before with what's happening now and and also there are going to be some new skills and expertise that we develop but how we do it has to be grounded in what we've experienced before just like a long time ago also recently you know we have collected wind data in the last five years or even 10 years in Barbados since the 80s actually there's been wind studies done as far as I know and you know we have to learn from these experiences as we make our decisions about land resources because what is common when I tell people about what I'm doing you know often every single time I have learned something from somebody either the person put up a wind turbine themselves interested in putting up wind turbines um, maybe strongly opposed to a wind turbine what they view of it um, also gauge what people what sizes people think of when they think of a wind turbine because there are many sizes some people think it's just something like a fan you put on top of the roof <laughs> you know um which is like natural because you see fans and use fans all the time and in a country where solar is so you know widely understood solar thermal and solar pv the idea of putting something on your roof is what we get you know so it's not i mean i'm not i'm laughing at it because like there are just so many ranges um i'm laughing with with people you know because some some people do think that when you know we're talking about wind turbines that the decision and the technology is is very um 
either sometimes people think it's complicated or some people think it's like oversimplified. So all of these conversations help us, you know, um, are sharing conversations I've been having over time um, with particular interest in, you know, our resilience as an island and the cost of doing business, quite frankly. Cost of doing business, our resilience, and what's happening in our ecosystems, what we are seeing, growing food, water, all these things are like real, real, real realities. <laughs> and I gotta say real realities, because some people talk about reality and it ain't really like, really real. <laughs> so we're talking about realities understanding history and an understanding vision you know the vision vision is based on our past our situation and what we think really could be possible here and really what what suits our ideas of culture pride and industry consider this so wrapping it up and introducing Dr. Gabrielle and continue with our conversation about wind thank you thank you for listening I absolutely love Barbados you could probably consider me an honorary Bayesian. I've traveled to the beautiful island on several occasions uh, to conduct research, to visit my family and friends, and overall just uh, to unwind and recoup. So when I was asked to conduct research for wind harvest, I was actually taken back. You know, what, what do I know about the wind? Um, and I was surprised at how much I did know about windmills and this project has opened up, uh, doors in terms of seeing, you know, seeing the value in windmills and wind turbines. Uh, the Caribbean breeze has a whole new meaning on the beautiful island of Barbados from slavery to freedom to our present day, the word, the power of the wind still serves as a powerful energy source. The impact of wind energy plays a key role in shaping the history of Barbados. From once being one of the top leading sugar producers to now solely depending on tourism to keep the island economically thriving, it is a big question in terms of how windmills still impact us today. And it is important for us to know the value of the wind historically and why we should acknowledge how beneficial it has been to Barbados and the world. From sugar rum and crop over something we all love it shapes the history and culture of barbados and what's common between sugar rum and crop over is the use of wind 
while conducting research, um, it I was fascinated at the fact that I've been here so many times and only seen one to two windmills. Come to find out there are over 500 windmills across the island of Barbados. And what is so unique about Barbados is that it's located in the Lesser Antilles. So many ships sail um, and had trouble fighting against the wind uh, just to get to the island. And it's no wonder they call it windmill country because these windmills were used to cultivate cotton, grind sugar cane, uh, even cut wood or or uh, supply water. So there's so many uses for the windmill and so many benefits for the island, um, but it's hard to really try to make that connection with the community on how essential it is for us. It's, you know, it may connect to something negative, uh, hardships that our people have gone through, but it also should be a reminder of how much we have grown as a, a family, um, you know, as Bayesians on the island and take back uh, the use of the windmill to our advantage. I think that um, Barbados is on the verge of um, It's true, Dr. Gabrielle, from what I have heard and read and seen and experienced here as well. So thank you for bringing that up. And in some of our other conversations, we were talking about how basically that just the experience, having bad experiences or the fear of even telling these stories of what may have happened and what had happened with uh, windmills in terms of you know danger and, and also how people were treated using windmills is is something which you know is is a reality it was a reality and you know this is the the common issue even with talking about history because you know sometimes we only focus on the we only remember the bad I should say because historians and archivists certainly capture the value of everything but sometimes in our own personal stories maybe we may just our family legacies we may just focus on what we want to keep away or what we don't want to talk about um, because in a way, talking is, is a way of therapy and reflecting and acknowledging and even releasing. Sometimes not talking as well, but, you know, talking with yourself also can help. 
as they say. Um, it's okay to talk to yourself if you don't answer back. Nah, I don't know. But, you know, just bringing it back around that there are elements of these stories which, you know, when we are ready to talk about them, we can certainly learn a lot from them and and understand to the, the benefits because you could look at it this way as well you know say people's hands used to, like you know just be fine they say people's hands used to get caught in the windmill but why why did that used to happen and how have things changed today? So this is where you kind of bring forward what happened in history to what happens now in our realities we're seeing and it shapes our vision. So what I would say is, you know, I will ask you, you know, what did you come across to not just, we, we don't have to stick within wind. But in your work, you know, what, what have you found experiences of workers migrating or even just foreign workers or, you know, any, anything where there was a story of some level of terror, abuse, something that we don't feel good about and how telling these stories or understanding it from an archivist's point of view has actually helped and could see benefits. So yeah, that's one of my questions. So let me know what you think about that. I also feel free, because we are having conversations as well outside of this, so feel free as well to share more along the line of what you were, what you were starting to talk about in terms of the, although there were fears and maybe parts of our windmill history are not visible, they could still um, be beneficial. So yeah, feel free to share along those lines as well.